by what authority are you doing these things? The chief priests and the elders ask Jesus, or to put it in the modern day vernacular, who the hell do you think you are? The question of authority is as old as the hills. And when Jesus, this country bumpkin from the north, this Galilean Jew without benefit of education or blood ties to the temple authorities or anything else that they would recognize as authoritative, shows up at the heart of his contemporaries' religion, they are offended. They're offended. They know where their authority comes from. The chief priests have lots of blood ties going back generations. They can trace their thread back to the Maccabees and back even further into ancient history and the roots and foundations of the people and of their country. They can think of how their ancestors held the traditions together in the time of the Babylonian exile. They can push it back even further and think about David and Solomon. Here they are in the inheritance of that tradition, which they know so well. The elders know it too. They have been trained in the ways of righteousness. They are the keepers of the customs. And they hold the people, they think, in their hands. The chief priests and the elders also have a little in with the Roman occupiers. They have a little side agreement with them, although they probably don't talk about it out loud, and that is as long as they keep the tribute flowing and the people at peace, everything will be fine with Rome. So Jesus is a threat. But the real thing that they are worried about is what Jesus points out to them, though they will not admit it. He asked them this question about John. John who went out away from the temple, away from the center of their tradition, all the way out to the wilderness, that symbolic edge of civilization for them, and began to baptize and invite people into repentance. And the crowds went out to him. More than that, the dregs of society went out to him. The people who were cast out those who were nameless or who were notorious. And they changed their ways. This is what worries the authorities in Jerusalem. You see, the authority that they have is all formal, but the authority that Jesus has is he has the crowds coming after him, just as John did. That's what frightens them more than anything. That's what has them alarmed. They are caught 
in that place where we often get caught, that illusion that we have power and control over things because the world says we do, because we have inherited structures that say we do, because we wear nice clothes that say we have authority. After eight years at Church of Our Savior, my attitude is good luck with that. That's not where my authority comes from. By way of a story, I went to Pete's again this morning. Another Pete's story, right? Annette is up north with her new grandchild, yay. So I was the one who had to go get the coffee between services. And I was standing there and immediately people start talking to me because I'm wearing this funny garb. Where does that authority come from? We like to place our responsibility on others and on the formal things of life because in some ways that helps us escape the truth. Ezekiel knew this when he was speaking with the people who were struggling with exile. And he knows this famous proverb that's been floating around. In fact, it's quoted by other prophets in the scriptures. The parents have eaten sour grapes. The children's teeth are set on edge. That's their equivalent of the way we like to lay blame at our parents' feet for our own behavior, right? For our own bad luck, for our own shortcomings. But as you know, that only gets you so far, right? Ultimately, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And this is what Ezekiel imparts to the people who are there. He is basically telling them that God is with them. Now! This is not a big exercise in spiritual or cosmic bookkeeping that they are experiencing. God is with them now. It is their own sins and their own shortcomings that they will have to deal with. Not the shortcomings of their parents. Not the sins of generations past. On the other hand, nor can they rely on the traditions where they have gotten their identity unless they bring those traditions to life here in the present. Unless those traditions speak to them now, it's otherwise an illusion. Jesus has been painting these contrasts for weeks now in our midst as well. That is the contrast between the kingdom that he promises, that kingdom that brings God here into the present with us, versus all the ways that the world has told us that our life is to be structured around power and authority and control. That's all an illusion. Jesus reminds us over and over and over and over again, just as he reminds the temple authorities of that today. Instead, we are called to find our authority somewhere else. 
Paul writes about that to the community in Philippi. He reminds them that everything that the world has told you is an illusion. What matters is not how you are being served, but how you are serving others. What matters is how God is working in you now. What matters is how you offer yourself in humility and out of love and compassion. It's a total contrast to everything that the world tells us. We as a community have inherited our own set of traditions. We have inherited a history. We have inherited from our parents and from others ideas about the way we should be in community. We have inherited a sense of what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Some of that may be good, some of that may not be good. But the final authority is not there. As a community, we are in the process now of engaging in storytelling, of talking about who we are, not yesterday, not last year, but now. What is it that we are finding challenging about our current life? What is it that inspires and motivates us? We are hinging a lot on that conversation precisely because that's where God is at work in our midst. That is where our authority is. That is where the tradition is coming alive for us. And where we are headed. Caitlin, who's got her Pooh Bear, and is enjoying her shoe, is about to be baptized into that life. A life that you all will agree again to share in, for her sake, and for the sake of Christ at work in our midst. Jesus tells us that the dregs of society, no matter what age we live in, are the ones who often lead first into the kingdom of God. Why? Because they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to hang on to. They are entirely dependent upon God for their salvation. And it is their example, Jesus tells the temple authorities and the elders, and us today, it is their example we must follow. That self-offering, that life of repentance, that is what Ezekiel calls getting a new heart and a new mind in God. That working out that Caitlin is about to engage in the support of loving family and a loving community, that working out of salvation in fear and in trembling.
This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon.